See, knowing where you have control can drastically improve your odds of making a good financial decision. Thinking you can change inflation rates or interest rates or volatility to get better returns on your cash may not be the best use of your time. So how do we do this? We control risk. When we talk about managing the portfolio, we really are talking about managing risk. You as an investor know that everything has risk, but you want to get paid for that risk. The more risk that you take, the more money you expect to make. And the less risk that you take, the less money you expect to make. But wouldn't you agree? If you are going to risk putting your money in the market, you should get paid for that risk, right? And the market agrees with you. That is why investments with potentially higher returns have a higher risk. So when your skydiving swimming with the shark neighbor says that he made 20% last year, even in the down market, you may want to consider what risk did he take to get it? And it may not be the same amount of risk you're willing to take. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway. And this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, a.k.a. Mr. Christian Finance, the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things in my mom's favorite Christian Financial Advisor. As always, make sure that you subscribe so you're notified every time that we release new episodes. And be sure to like and comment on this episode. It really helps with the podcast so we can continue to make great episodes for you. Now, do you really want to know the secrets to investing? You know, the key word today is control. We have a lot to cover, so I'll dive right into it. I'm going to take you from understanding control, how our false sense of control is stopping us from making rational financial decisions and wrapping up with identifying and focusing on what we can control to have better financial outcomes. This episode is for those who are serious about working with an advisor or investing on their own. If you've ever been scared of the market or felt helpless, this episode is for you. So let's get started. I'm going to give you the psychological secret, and then I'm going to give you the technical secret. So first, understanding control. So here are a few good quotes about control. One, control what you can control and confront the rest. Two, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react. Three, if you can't control your emotions, you would never be able to control your money. This sense of control in our lives also extends into our finances. There are things that we can't control and there are things that we can't control. So I'm gonna talk about control bias In Monday's newsletter that's in doubt, your brain is the worst advisor when you invest. I talk about heuristics or these mental shortcuts we use when making decisions. Well, these shortcuts, when applied too often, can lead to a bias. In this case, a control bias is when we believe that we have more control over the situation 
than we actually do, even if something is entirely out of our control or completely random. We still often feel like we can influence the outcome in some way. We see it often in gamblers. They feel that they shake the dice harder, if they have their lucky rabbit's foot, or if they tap the table three times before rolling, that they can control the outcome even though it is totally random. I like to call it willful ignorance. If you ask any of those players in a lowered emotional state, they know their antics had no impact on the outcome whatsoever. And I think it stems from a fear of feeling helpless. You know, we all want to feel that we have some type of control, even if we technically have none. That is why people are afraid to seek out a financial advisor out of fear of looking like they don't have their finances in control or their life is out of control. But let me reassure you, we all need help to one degree or another. So get help or risk forever suffering in silence. Now, let's see how control bias affects how we review our investments. So now we're going to talk about controlling your investments because investing can be a very scary thing. When you retire or if you receive a large sum of money and you don't know what to do, you see investments as something that you don't know how to control. So what do you do? Probably one of the following three things. You never touch it. Close your eyes and hope there's some left over when you retire. You try to do it yourself or you give the responsibility to a financial advisor. So basically, you either decide to have no control, all of the control, or you relinquish control. Remember, you're always in control of the decisions that you make, but yelling at your advisor, calling every five minutes to check on the market, or looking up your investments every day is not going to change how your portfolio performs. That is a control bias. Those antics have no effect on your portfolio, but are simply rituals you have created in your mind to convince yourself that you have some type of control. So the psychological secret here to great financial decisions is understanding what elements of the market you can control and what elements that you cannot control by identifying and letting go of your control bias. So how do we do that? So we need to learn how to control where we make decisions. This is what you have been waiting for. So how can you control the markets and make sure that you make the right financial decisions? Well, I have some good news and I have some not so good news. The not so good news is that you cannot control, predict or manipulate the markets, even though many investors think their financial advisors can. And the good news is there are parts of the market that you can control, and that is what we are going to focus on. Remember the quote from earlier, a financial advisor is going to help you control what you can control and confront the rest. See, knowing where you have control can drastically improve your odds of making a good financial decision. Thinking you can change inflation rates or interest rates or volatility to get better returns on your cash may not be the best use of your time. So how do we do this? We control risk. When we talk about managing the portfolio, we really are talking about managing risk. You as an investor know that everything has risk, but you want to get paid for that risk. The more risk that you take, the more money you expect to make, and the less risk that you take, the less money you expect to make. But wouldn't you agree 
if you are going to risk putting your money in the market, you should get paid for that risk, right? And the market agrees with you. That is why investments with potentially higher returns have a higher risk. So when your skydiving swimming with the shark neighbor says that he made 20% last year, even in the down market, you may want to consider what risk did he take to get it? And it may not be the same amount of risk you're willing to take. We just saw that in recent news that FTX revenue soared more than 1,000% in 2021 to $1.02 billion from $89 million the prior year and is now filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. 1,000% 2021 to Chapter 11 bankruptcy and it's 2022. So remember, everything that glitters is in gold. In investing, there is a risk-reward ratio we need to find for our clients. You know, those FTX investors were looking at, oh, 100, 200, 300% return. Look what I'm doing. And look what happens, right? So how much risk do you need to take to get the reward you want? And no more, no less than what you need, right? Well, to do this, you have to know what risk you can control and what risk you cannot control. So let's talk about the uncontrollable risk first. Here are a few things we cannot control because it happens to everyone who has investments. We call them systematic risk. And I'm just going to name a few of them here. We have interest rate risk, the risk to the value of the asset, mostly bonds and to a small degree stocks fluctuating due to increases or decreases in the interest rate. We have political risk. You know, when new laws, bills or other government policies that are passed can affect businesses and ultimately determine how your portfolio reacts. And we have inflationary or inflation risk, which is the risk that inflation will undermine an investment's return through a decline in purchasing power, which you are literally living through at the moment. So if you're afraid of inflation risk, I'm sorry to tell you, you're living through it right now. So if the world is not caught on fire and you're still listening to this on your cell phones or on your computer and you're not eating beanie weenies out of a can, right? Then that just lets you know that you're going to still be okay. But no matter how smart you are, these risks will always be in the market. There is not a portfolio you can create or a stock that you can pick that can save you from these type of risks. These are the type of risks many investors think that they or their financial advisor can control, but we can't. So when you see your portfolio temporary down, a majority of the time, it is the market and not your investment choices and vice versa, because obviously your investments play off of the market. So on the other side, when there is an unexpected spike up, most of the time that's the market reacting to something good that we also can't control. You know, the market is pushed by sentiments. That's why when we get the job reports and projections come out, it can change how we see companies and how we value those companies, right? So as a side note, I don't take credit for those ups, even though unethical advisors do, because my work is judged by the overall progression of your portfolio and not the temporary spikes, whether they be up or whether they be down. With that said, let's talk about the controllable risk. What things can we control? And luckily there are some risks that we can control called idiosyncratic risk. 
And this is where a majority of financial advisors spend their time and where you as an investor should spend yours when figuring out what to change in your investments. Idiosyncratic is just a fancy financial term that means related to a specific business or asset. When Enron went bankrupt, that affected Enron, not the market. Unlike when interest rates went up five times this year, everyone across the market felt it. So here are some risks we can control with proper investment decisions and diversification. Business risk. Some companies just don't do great business and you don't want to wait until they file bankruptcy to find that out. This could be from poor financial record keeping or just poor business practices such as committing fraud. There's operational risk. Things break and things go out of production. If a business's main supplier goes out of business, it may jeopardize its profits. Also, executive changes such as the death of a CEO or hiring an incompetent one that drives the business practices down. Or regulatory or legal risk has to do with the possibility of new laws or regulations that can harm a firm's bottom line or ability to operate freely in a certain state. We see that with high taxes in California, we see a lot of businesses taking their headquarters down to Texas, right? So the technical secret I want to share with you, I shared the psychological one. This is the technical secret to making great financial decisions is identifying the idiosyncratic risk and diversifying to reduce the exposure to substantial losses. So as financial advisors, we can construct a portfolio that reduces your exposure to these types of risk. For example, let's say you have 100% of your investments in your company stock and your company goes bankrupt. What percentage of your assets do you have left? Zero. Now, let's say that you have investments in 1,000 stocks and your company stocks is one of them, but your company stock goes bankrupt. What percentage of your assets do you still have left? 99.9%. I'm gonna say that again. You have 99.9%. Do you see how diversification works? We just reduce your risk of losing all of your money by simply adding different stocks into the portfolio. Now, keep in mind, it is more than just adding a bunch of random stocks into a portfolio. Like, ah, oh, just give me everything, right? You have to determine things such as correlation to the market, covariances to each other, variances, alpha, and other risk management calculations. But that's what an advisor does, right? We could talk about sharp ratios and, and sortinos and all this other things, but uh, the key takeaway I want you to take away from this is here, having a high concentration in your company stock, thinking that you're going to retire happily because you have 100% in you know, whatever your company stock is, I just wanna let you know that may not be the best option. You still, it's what they call concentration risk. So you fall victim to all these idiosyncratic things. Maybe policies are starting to change. Maybe they're doing bad business that you don't know about. Maybe there's a class action suit that's coming down the line that's going to jeopardize your retirement and you can actually diversify that risk. And that's all I really want to show you here. So let's move forward here, controlling your emotions. So hopefully now you see that everything has risk, but it is identifying what we can control and what we have to confront. See, we can confront heavy concentration in one company stock. 
We can confront too much risk in a certain sector. We can confront overexposure. And with proper diversification and hedging strategies, we can actually reduce your risk and create a portfolio that you can sleep peacefully with, knowing you are positioned even for a recession. As you probably understand at this point after listening to this episode, a recession is one of those market risks that affect everyone. So during this time, we have to control our emotions and focus on what we can control because focusing on things that we can't control causes you anxiety, causes you anger and causes you frustration. And we don't want that. You know, TV and radio, they feed off of that. Uh Oh, the inflation is this. And uh oh, uh oh, let's scare you. Let's rile you up and let's get you frustrated. So you make emotional decisions and that you run to them for help. And it's kind of ironic. It's like they're the ones causing the pain and then they want you to run to them to get the medicine. (laughs) It's a vicious cycle. Well, today's scripture comes from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 15. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. See, you don't have to hide from your investments and hope for the best. And you don't have to do it all by yourself. A financial advisor is a sounding board to guide you through these emotional states. We are your friends because when you win, we win. We know when the markets are rough, emotions can be very high, but with a better understanding, you have a better chance of staying invested and getting the reward from the risk that you are taking. You know what? I think I might do another episode on risk inversion, which is where people want a situation with less risk and possibly lower payoffs rather than another situation with Uh, a little higher risk, but possibly a higher payoff. For example, a risk adverse investor might choose to put their money into a bank account with low but guaranteed interest rate or maybe like a fixed annuity rather than into a stock that may have higher expected returns, but also involves a chance of losing value. So if you are an investor who still thinks that a savings account is going to make you financially free, um, (laughs) you want to check your email on Friday. Um, I'm going to send out a newsletter, I think, about risk aversion. And then I'm also going to have a podcast episode, I think, as well. So I don't want to make any promises I can't keep. So just keep an eye out. As always, feel free to share with your friends. And for more resources, you can always check our website. We're constantly updating it. So if you haven't been in a while, go check out some of our updates. But I hope that you learned something about control. You know, the ability to focus on what we can control is going to optimize your emotional state when making financial decisions. We make the biggest financial mistakes when we are in heightened emotional states. So that means when we're super angry or when we're super sad or when we're super happy or super energetic, it really strips us of the pragmatic and practical steps that we traditionally take to resolve issues and things that are going on in the market. So what I want you to do is I want you to replay this episode. I know it's kind of dense, but it has a lot of valuable information about control and how to see your investments. If you can master this episode about control, you will have a 2000% better perspective on your portfolio, on your returns, what is possible, what risk you're willing to take. And that is going to be a huge determiner if you are going to be among the rich and righteous or the rich and disappointed. Okay. Well, 
I hope that you've been blessed. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, to comment, and to share. Also, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, go to www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash podcast and join our family. And as a thank you, we will have a free gift for you. Just give us your name, your email, and we have information like this directly to your inbox. Also, we have over 125 episodes at this point. So if you love this one, go check out all of our other episodes. Uh, What would an advisor say about? Um, We want to be your source for financial information that has a biblical perspective. If you need help building your financial plan or want a Christian financial advisor to help you be a better steward of God's wealth, information to speak with us will be given right after the show. Well, I am A.B. Ridgeway, Mr. Christian Finance himself. And I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Thing podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.